Good afternoon, Sophia Burke. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Exponential Minds. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So, Sophia, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Can you tell me what you're studying, um, if you're taking any math courses right now, and how we know each other? Um, well, I'm studying. I'm doing a double major in French and English, and we know each other through figure skating. We've known each other for like a long time now. But yeah, uh, that's what I'm studying. And I'm not doing any math courses at the moment, but I did do a few when I was first getting started. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm looking forward to your insight being not specifically a math student, but someone who has had the experience of taking courses. So Sophie, what would you say your favorite courses are at university right now? Right now, I really like my favorite courses are probably like what I'm doing, like with the French and English. I really like reading the, sh I like the short story courses with English because I just, I love it. I'm doing a creative writing class actually that I really like. And that's just, it's just because I get to write stories and kind of express myself. So that's probably, that one's probably my favorite. Yeah. Amazing. That sounds great. And definitely something that I can see you enjoying because you are a very <laughs> expressive person in all the things that you do. Um, <laughs> For our audience, Sophia is very much a performer. She was a fabulous figure skater as a single skater. She's now a synchronized skater and her expression is always top notch. She's the life of every party and she's also an incredible musician and singer. So I can completely see this program fitting your style. <laughs> so Thanks, Sophia, Liz. oh, you're very welcome. So Sophia, <laughs> what math courses have you done at the post-secondary and high school levels? So in high school, I did um, academic. I just did academic grade 10, 11, 12. And then when I got to university, I did math 1090. So I guess that would be the equivalent of what advanced was in high school. And then I went into calculus. And that was, I did both of those in my first year. Okay, amazing. So did you enjoy those two courses in university? Uh, I did. I liked 1090 a lot more than calculus. I struggled a lot with calculus. But I also needed a tutor for both of them. So I, it's not that I didn't enjoy them. It's just I don't think I was very good at them. So Interesting. Okay. <laughs> so did you enjoy math in high school? I did, actually. Um, it depended what year because I was a bit of a mess throughout high school. But, um, <laughs> but in grade, like, 12, I really liked my teacher. And he was just really funny. He was really sweet. And, um... He, he, like, spent a lot of time making sure we understood, which is a thing I find university doesn't really do. They go so fast. So that's kind of, like, I guess that kind of helped me out a bit in high school. And then I went to university and I was like, whoa, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're someone who likes things broken down, would you say, step by step? Or do you prefer more exposure, practice, lab type scenario, like real world setting kind of problems? Honestly, I think it's a bit of both. Like, okay. I like... Like, I'm, I'm a person that needs, like, a lot of explanation. Like, even when I was in figure skating, I remember Kevin, he's my, he was my coach. He'd be like, Sophie, how do you not understand this? I was like, I am so slow at learning things. Like, I need you to break it down for me step by step. <laughs> okay, Sophie. So did you feel like you had any purpose in math class? And what did you feel that purpose was? Um, what are we, are we talking about high school now or university? How about both? So what did you feel your purpose was in high school first? In high school, I felt 
my pur- what do you mean by my purpose? Sorry, I'm just sort of confused. No, that that is it is a challenging question. So when I say purpose, I mean what was your role in your math classroom? Did you feel like you were there to help people? Did you feel like you were there to ask questions, to solve problems, to take over the world? Like what was your purpose in that room? Okay, yeah. I felt like my purpose was always like probably in high school was to ask questions and like just make sure I was understanding everything a hundred percent. And especially where we had like lots of time to work on our problems, like I'd um, we'd have a lot of working classes. So then I'd go up and I'd ask questions. So I was probably a question asker like a lot. I definitely didn't feel like I was taking on the world because math was never really easy for me. But, right. um, and then in university, I just felt I felt kind of like ah! like I was just kind of because it's like. If you're in a lecture hall, you're not going to ask like a question because you're literally in a class with like a hundred people and it's just, it's a different setting. I don't know. It, no, you're totally right. It is a very different setting. So how many people would you say were in your math class in high school and what school did you go to? Was it like a metropolitan school or was it an Oakport, Newfoundland community? Yeah. So I went to a metropolitan school in high school. I went to Mount Pearl Senior High and um, there was probably, I'd say like, in my, I'm thinking of my grade 12 math year because that's the best memory I have right now. Like, but um, there was probably like 15 of us, 20 of us. Oh, wow. So a nice small class. And you felt like with yeah. those numbers, your teacher had lots of time to circulate and answer all the questions that you asked. And it was a good experience with those numbers? Oh, yeah, it was wicked. I loved it. So do you feel like you and your friends used to look forward to math class? Honestly, I feel like in a way we did. Like, okay, we weren't, we weren't like, we weren't passionate about math. Like we were never really like mathematicians, but we, I was in a class with a bunch of my friends and we always, the, our teacher was awesome. He was so friendly. And, um, and we just sit at our table at our desk and sometimes he give us working periods. So we'd get to talk to each other, but we were still like trying to understand and figure out everything that was going on. And like, it was just a good energy. Like it was a good energy there. You have no idea how often I hear from students that say it depends on the energy in the room, whether or not they enjoy the class. Like I've had students reach out to me sometimes and say, you know what, that class that we had, it just had such a good vibe because the people there were all whatever. And and that makes a difference. It's like some groups of people really gel and work well together. And that really does leave a lasting impression. Yeah, it's it that that makes or breaks it for me. Like even in high school, sometimes I find like if my class was in a room, like a room without windows. Oh, my gosh. Horrible experience. Isn't it interesting how the environment really makes a big impact? It does. It makes a huge impact. I I don't really know why, but like it's just like it, it makes or breaks it really. Yeah, I agree with you. So, Sophie, would you say that you're in general pretty decent at math or do you think you're not good at math and why? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm not good at math, but I wouldn't say it comes naturally to me either. I'd say it's something I have to work on and work at continuously. And that's probably why I didn't do so well in university because it was so fast. But like, I was never in high school. I was never like, people wouldn't come to me and be like, can you help me with this math problem? Like I wasn't, I wasn't never good at math, but like, I think with lots of like instruction, I can be... I can be like kind of understanding of it and stuff, but that's obviously not possible for the rest of my life. So I'm not doing math for my life. (laughs) (laughs) I do recall that at one point you had tossed around the idea of potentially becoming a math teacher. Have you completely dismissed that idea? Totally. I was doing in 1090. I was doing pretty good, but I also still had a tutor 
And then I got, when I got to a thousand, I was like struggling to survive. And I was like, this, this won't be, I, if I can't understand it myself, I can't teach, teach people that will not, I'll literally be like teaching them all the wrong things. Are you sure though? Because Sophie, I also had a math tutor in university and alas, here I am teaching math and physics. So I failed math a thousand and one the first time. I don't know if you knew that or not, but with a little bit of help and more practice and probably a slightly different approach, I did just fine on the next attempt of the course. Now I had to change my practices and I had to change the way that I was approaching the actual course and how I was thinking about things. But once I had someone help me out, my gosh, what a world of difference that made. And as I went through all my other math courses, all the way through my math minor and my physics courses too, I found myself getting better at learning. Like I didn't realize I could do that, I think, when I first started university. But as I went, I went, okay, hold on now. I can kind of hack this. I can figure this out. <laughs> yeah, that's like, I feel like, yeah, maybe if I gave it a bit more of a chance, but I don't know if I liked it enough to give it more of a chance. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally do. And that is completely valid. I just wanted to toss it out there in case you had another thought about it someday. Yes, maybe. We'll see what the future holds. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so Sophie, do you feel like your teachers believed that everyone could achieve in math class when you were taking your courses? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, all my teachers I had, they were very... They were very nice, and even in university, they were very, like, I had a teacher, um, and she was very willing to, like, she was always willing to give, like, a second chance. Like, if we messed up on a midterm or something, she'd still give us our test back, and we could try and fix it, and she'd give us up to, like, a 10% for what we fixed on it. So I thought that was really cool. Like, they were always, they always wanted us to do really well, so I definitely think that they they believed everyone could and they always they always like when people did ask questions the only reason I didn't ask questions is because I was just like ah so many people but when people did ask questions they did do their best it really um to try and explain it and I remember in my 1090 class I had a prof and every time someone asked a question he'd be like that is an excellent question and oh so it was just it made me so happy he was so sweet so yeah. Sophie, how did you feel if you ever spoke out and made mis mistakes in your math classes, whether it be in high school or post-secondary? Do you feel like that was used as a learning opportunity and made into a positive or was it a negative experience? It was always positive. Like they would never, props or teachers would never like be like, oh my God, you don't understand this. That's crazy. Well, at least none that I had. I'm sure there's some out there, but none of the ones I had did that. They always like really... They always really encourage questions and stuff. And I think they really like when people are participating too, because that's, as a teacher, I guess that's what everyone just wants. They just want everyone to be engaged and stuff. That is definitely key for me. And I suspect most teachers out there feel the same way. Engagement yeah. is so important and you're not going to take anything away from it if you're not fully engaged. If you're just like half checked out and we're teaching something, well, I don't know what you're getting out of it. So yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, my mom so always said to me, going to class is half the battle because- they're so like just go and it's true because when I go to class in university if I'd miss a day I'd be thrown off for a loop like I found if you're in class and you're engaged then that's half half the battle there so Sophie have you ever heard tell of something called the growth mindset no I haven't Ooh, okay <laughs> so I'm going to tell you in a nutshell what it is Okay. So the growth mindset is where people believe that their basic abilities can be developed through dedication and hard work. So your brains and talents are really just a starting point. But having that view creates opportunities and a love of learning, along with some resilience that 
kind of leads to more success. Okay. So now knowing that definition, do you feel like you hold a growth mindset? Oh, uh, I feel like I might, but I feel like I also might not because I'm very funny. Like I, I do stuff and stuff I want to do, I will try really hard at. But if I'm not that interested, there's no like convincing me. <laughs> and that is fair. I mean, I think we all have a certain amount of that within us. Yeah. But let's take something that you love. So let's talk about your skating, for example, because okay. certainly that wasn't always easy and still probably isn't always easy. So no. when you reached an obstacle, did you shut down and quit or did you build a way forward such that you got better and approach that challenge? Yeah, I would definitely like approach the challenge and build a way forward. I just try, I try and fix it and keep going and work harder for next time. Absolutely. So would you say that your academic approach is similar or totally different from that? I think it's similar too, because when I don't do so well on something, I'm like, okay, it's okay. The game, it's not over. It's not over. The fight's not over. Like you still got so many more assignments. So like, I don't just be like, like if I were to do really bad on a course in the, because I did this year, I did really bad on a first assignment we got. And instead of dropping out, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm going to get this course done and it's going to be fine. And we're going to get through it. Well done. I'm glad to hear that. So mm -hmm. Sophie, do you feel like your instructors, professors, teachers, whatever the case might be, hold a growth mindset as well? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Are there any key things that make you feel this way? Yeah, I think just like they're like they're so willing to help when like you ask for it and like they love when you ask for help and like they don't see like none of my profs have ever like I've done bad on something and they've been like, oh, it's over like none of them. So like I think I think they all definitely hold that. So that's really nice. That is really nice. That's wonderful. OK, I have one last question for you. Are you ready for this? Yes, I know you are. OK, <laughs> if you could change one thing and just one thing about how your math classes have run, whether it be in high school or post-secondary or both, what would that thing be? Probably in post-secondary, maybe a smaller size. And I don't know how this would work, but like if they could just give like more examples and try and like go through stuff with us. Cause what I found a lot in post-secondary too, is they'd give us the teaching class. They do the, they were trying to get us to understand what was going on. So they'd give us a simple, simple one to go through in class. And I was like, Oh sick. And then we go on the assignment and it'd be like slight, slightly more difficult. And I'd be like, I don't have any examples to go off of this. And then I'd go on the test and it'd be like a combination of like four questions. And I'd be like, I've never seen this in my life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think in post-secondary, that's kind of their method of scaffolding or building you up to the more difficult questions. So they yeah. start with a basic concept and then they challenge you to take it a step further and challenge you to take it a step further again as the stakes get higher. Yeah. So I guess my question to you now is, do you see any practicality in that? Honestly, it might work for some people, but not me. Like, I need to be instructed. Like, I can't, okay. I wouldn't be able to just be like, someone couldn't give me like a common sense question and be like, figure it out. I'd be like, figure what out? I don't know what's going on. Like, okay. I really, I really do. Like, that's one thing I really struggle with. And because me and my friends would talk about it all the time. We'd be like, I don't understand because we'd go in class and I'd do it and she'd be on the board and I'd be like, ugh. That is so fantastic. And then I'd go to the test and I'd be like, oh, I have no idea what I just wrote. And I think it's crucial too because math is such a like one wrong move and like it's a game over, like for the question at least, not like for your course or whatever. Right. But it's just like 
I just, for me, I would definitely need to be shown how to do the difficult questions. And that's okay, why I didn't go to high school because um, he showed us everything. That makes sense. So do you think that math is something that can be taught and learned by memorizing a series of steps? I don't know if it's a series of steps, but probably like maybe, I don't know. I think practice and understanding how it works, like how the question works and how to approach it. But like right. there was times in university, I just didn't even know how to approach it. I'd just be sitting there like, I have no idea what this is. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sophie. I really appreciate your time and your honesty today. You have definitely brought a lot to our conversation about growth mindsets in mathematics classrooms. And I know that you are a very busy person with all of your creative endeavors. So again, <laughs> it's been a real pleasure chatting with you. Awesome. It's been awesome chatting with you, Lynn. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Looking forward to seeing you soon. Yes, see you soon.